Welcome to the Configure Price Code podcast. My name is Frank Sohn and I'm the founder of NoCPQ Consulting. This podcast is 100% focused on Configure Price Quote, also known as CPQ, and will provide you useful insights into this topic. My guest today is Doug Cavanagh. Doug is Vice President Business to Business Strategy and Partnerships at Cleverbridge, which is an e-commerce and subscription billing solution with headquarters in Cologne, Germany. Doug has more than 20 years of software industry experience gained in working for companies like HP and other Fortune 500 companies, as well as co-founding successful startup companies. Doug lives in the San Francisco Bay Area, and we're excited to have him as a guest on the CPQ podcast. Welcome, Doug. Thank you, Frank. It's good to be with you today. We're happy to have you. Doug, let's start with a topic that I know you love, and that is that you love the outdoors and sport activities. Tell us a little bit more about that and what activities you like. Well, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area in Marin County, which is really a, a outdoor sports person's paradise from my point of view. So I love pretty much anything that's outdoors uh, and love sharing that with my family. I have a wife and three kids. Um, so it's anything from biking to swimming, uh, tennis, backpacking. I love it, and it's a great area for all of that. And one of the things I'm looking forward to is actually I have an eight-year-old child is uh, getting the whole family on a, a backpacking trip uh, in Desolation Wilderness up near Lake Tahoe in the Sierra Nevada uh, later this summer. So it'll be a lot of fun. Oh, wow. Very cool. And it sounds very much like the culture that we have here in Colorado as well, right? Lots of outdoor running, uh, skiing, um, bicycling, and so on. So it sounds like fun. So. Excellent. Now, but I didn't call you to talk about that, right? So if, uh, yeah. even though that would be fun. <laughs> so I mentioned in the introduction, Doug, that you have over 20 years of business experience. Tell us a little bit more about what you did before you joined Cleverpritch. Great. Well, I, I've worked it within tech companies in a, a variety of roles. Uh, started out in sales uh, after getting my MBA, uh, worked in finance, business development, and then also uh, ran some divisions of software companies. And then prior to Cleverbridge, actually, I had the opportunity to co-found a successful startup that was acquired by a leading company in the e-commerce space. And from that, uh, I had worked in that company for several years and uh, became aware of Cleverbridge and ultimately was recruited into Cleverbridge to help run a new uh, opportunity that they had identified in the market. Excellent. Before we go and talk a little bit more about Clever Perch, tell us a little bit more about your, your startup company and e-commerce. Why did you get started? Well, it's something, since I was a, a young kid, I had wanted to be involved in businesses. And, uh, and so that was always a, a kind of a dream of mine. And in another software company, I had actually started working as the right-hand man to the CEO for a publicly traded company and had been helping in internal consulting projects, but really wanted to kind of step from being a consult internal consultant to actually running something. And so I discussed with the the CAO the idea of maybe taking a product that maybe had some promise that was underperforming and turning it into a business. And so I was able to, as a general manager of this, build it into a $20 million company um, within a couple years. And so that kind of whet my appetite for this. I'll call it within that context, it was maybe an entrepreneurial experience, but I wanted to step out and do something that was more entrepreneurial, starting completely from scratch and, um, and had known this, uh, 
entrepreneur, and um, he and I started discussing some possibilities, and we saw some some opportunities in e-commerce, but actually what we thought we would do, the business we first thought we would run, actually we went in a completely different direction. And what we ultimately ended up doing was creating an, an on-demand media backup and recovery solution called Custom CD, uh, which was something that we offered very successfully into both the game industry as well as uh, the general uh, software and e-commerce markets. So that uh, that gave me quite a deep uh, insight into that market and, and worked with a, a wide range of companies. Very cool. Now, let me ask a dumb question here. How did that have anything to do with configure price quote? Didn't sound like it, right? Just no, sure. nothing at all. In yeah. fact, I would say a lot of what I did at that time was much more focused on helping companies sell to consumers. And this was really uh, being involved in e-commerce in this way in kind of much simpler type of transactions where CPQ was not relevant for that. And how and when did you get started working with a Configure Price Quote? So it's been a gradual journey within the time that I've been within Cleverbridge. So Cleverbridge, as you said, is a cloud-based e-commerce provider. When we were started in 2005, back then, e-commerce was really a separate silo and typically more focused on B2C type buyers. But what's been happening is that our B2B clients or companies that have B2B businesses have been wanting to pull what had been silo e-commerce and fit it more into their traditional selling motions. So what's happened is that we started seeing opportunities with these companies to say, take what they were doing with CPQ and say Salesforce or an Oracle Quotes and attach an e-commerce flow on top of that to help improve the automation. So it's been a, I'd say with the, within our client base, we've probably seen a huge uptick in CPQ activity in the last couple years. And then tied to that, we're seeing them wanting to add e-commerce onto the tail end of that. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, it does. So now one, one question I have to ask here also, because we said what you did before Cleverbridge, you had your own company and then you joined Cleverbridge. What was the, the reason for you to join someone else's company again in 2011? Well, after we had been acquired, so we were we, we sold ourselves and it was a nice acquisition. I was part of that business for about three years, but was really itching to do something that was more entrepreneurial again, as opposed to kind of continuing the run in existing business. And so this was, for me, another kind of more entrepreneurial activity to jump into. At that point, um, Cleverbridge was a much smaller organization. Uh, today, we're 300 people. So it was really the the start something new, which is I love building new things. No, and, and I think that's great. And that's something where our listeners, I'm pretty sure, are very interested in. But also, let me ask one question. How did you get in contact with Cleverbridge? Because these guys are headquartered in Germany. You're in the Bay Area. How, how did you meet them? Yeah, so actually, e-commerce is a pretty global industry. And so I had known uh, some of the co-founders of Cleverbridge uh, for a number of years. They had been uh, people that I would kind of run into at industry events and just always had friendly uh, relationships with them. So there had already been uh, some awareness. Um, and then when they had identified an opportunity, they had reached out to me. 
Excellent. Now, I think that's a very interesting development we're talking about today with you, right? As the how CPQ, e-commerce, and to a certain degree, also visualization are getting more, merging more together, right? So one question I have uh, for you here is definitely, since when do, do you see this trend strengthening and where do you think this will go from here? So from my point of view, it's been a significant change for us in the last, say, year to 18 months where we are now regularly uh, speaking with companies that have some kind of a CPQ initiative that want to add e-commerce on top of it. I think part of it is that I think if you look at the, the numbers uh, from analyst firms, I think CPQ is typically ranked as one of the number one monetization activities that companies are engaged in. So many companies have been investing, obviously, a huge amount in CPQ, and I think they're looking at ways they can further extend the value of that investment. And I have to ask you one more question before we go and talk more about Cleverbridge. If you want to learn more about e-commerce and CPQ, where do you go? So for CPQ, certainly your podcast is a great source. I also follow analysts within Forrester and MGI. I tend to go to quite a number of industry events. I, I actually love talking with other vendors to learn What they're doing, often there's opportunities to cooperate uh, with people who might even be perceived as, as uh, on the surface as competitors. And then t certainly talking with clients. I learned quite a lot from speaking with clients as well as prospects. Hmm. Some of the best ideas we've gotten actually are from just listening to our clients. And can you give us an example of CPQ vendors that you currently work with or talk to? Or is that too much to ask for? No, that's fine. Um, well, I'd say... Um, so our, our first, uh, one of the, the first partnerships that we've established is actually with Salesforce, where we're in the Salesforce App Exchange now. And so we can fit into a CQ, CPQ process that Salesforce hosts. I am talking with other vendors, and those are probably a little bit too early to talk about at this point. Excellent. Now, tell us a little bit more about Cleverbridge, what you offer and how that relates to CPQ. So Cleverbridge uh, provides a cloud-based e-commerce platform, and our focus is really helping companies sell to their customers globally with localized buying experiences. And so making it easy to, say, sell to somebody in Japan, in the UK, United States, wherever. A key part of our value prop is we offer what we call the merchant of record reseller model. And so what this means is Cleverbridge uses the branding of our client. Uh, this could be McAfee, for instance. And we basically build and manage a storefront using the McAfee branded uh, or brand. But we are legally operating as a reseller so that we take on all the heavy lifting with respect to things like payment contracts, compliance topics like GDPR, uh, having to do all the hosting of the storefront, the localization, All of that we're managing on their behalf so we can dramatically lower the investment that a client like ours needs to take on to be able to sell globally. And it may be surprising, but some of the companies we're working with today, they may have over a billion dollars in sales. In many cases, they've sold historically through traditional, uh, say, inside or direct selling or through channel partners. They may have almost no experience selling direct through e-commerce. And so through Cleverbridge, we offer kind of a full set of services 
so that they don't need to have all those resources internally. We can help them basically create their online experience within a matter of weeks. And then related to that, I have to ask the question, who's an ideal customer then for Cleverbridge, right? So you have any specific customer sizes, industries, geographies that, you're, that you think are ideal for Cleverbridge? Yeah, so for Cleverbridge, I'd say our sweet spot is really a mid-market to enterprise company that wants to sell globally. That's a sweet spot for Clever Bridge is that we make selling globally really, really easy. Um, we do work with smaller organizations. Typically, it would be a company with several million dollars or more of online sales or potential online sales. And we don't, we absolutely do not uh, focus on physical products. So we're not a physical product retailer. We tend to focus on uh, SaaS, cloud-based services, traditional software, maintenance and support, Uh, education, training, and professional services. And then tell us a little bit more about the e-commerce capabilities that you offer for sales reps and channel sales reps so that someone who is not very familiar with how e-commerce and CPQ work together, that they understand what you actually offer capability-wise. Yes, so from a CPQ standpoint, um, Cleverbridge is not specifically offering a CPQ solution, but what we do is we bolt on our e-commerce uh, capabilities on top of somebody's existing CPQ um, platform. And so imagine that you're a sales rep using, say, Salesforce's uh, uh, offering. Within Salesforce, that sales rep can press qu generate quote And they have the option of actually having, through this integration with Cleverbridge, having the quote go out in email to their customer with an embedded personalized link to a storefront for that customer that contains the customer's uh, contact details and the quotation elements. So if you picture as the receiving end of that as the customer, all you have to do is review the quote, enter your payment details, click confirm, you've completed the transaction, and the software vendor or OEM gets paid. In the case of like one client of ours that's, that uh, is using Salesforce, they found that entire stream or, or, or flow saved each sales rep something like 18 hours a month of time. They got a second benefit from that in that 20% of their customer base then was being able to be um, renewed automatically without even needing sales rep intervention. So in the subscription world in particular, tying people into an automated renewal process can obviously be powerful. So that's, for a sales rep, that would be a, a, a key use case. Maybe another one that I would mention is, historically for many companies, those online storefronts have been not very well tied in with the, the job of the salesperson. So what we do is we maintain a two-way link with the company's CRM systems and in other back office solutions so that whenever there is a transaction on the online storefront, it's automatically updating the CRM tool. So that acts as a lead generator for the sales rep. And then the, the final way that I would say is that You can also picture the same scenario where, say, in business operations environment, you may have thousands of, say, long-tail customers that you can't renew through a sales rep process. And this would be a case where we have, for instance, clients working within Oracle quotes where they might send out thousands of mass quotes individually tailored to each customer 
each of those quotes contains a link to a clever bridge personalized storefront where that customer complete the transaction. So there's both the one-to-one CPQ to e-commerce flow, as well as kind of a more mass uh, generation of quotes as well. Learn more about CPQ today. We have two offerings you probably want to know about. First, we have a free resource, our CPQ Circle Community, which offers CPQ knowledge, CPQ-specific industry knowledge, and CPQ-specific best practices, as well as CPQ job opportunities. Leading CPQ firms, system integrators, thought leaders, customers, and researchers add content here. Check it out today at www.novocpq.com. Go to Resources and then select CPQ Circle Community. Second, we have a paid monthly subscription that keeps you up to date with the global CPQ market. If you are a CPQ vendor, system integrator or a large customer with multiple CPQ systems, you don't want to miss this. Go to www.novocpq.com, look for services and select subscriptions to learn more. And what do your most demanding customers expect from you in 2019? Is CPQ integration becoming more important? And what other key capabilities are your customers looking for? Well, CPQ is definitely becoming a much more important part of their buying process. We have some clients that are actually starting out with CPQ to e-commerce and not even thinking about an online storefront. They just want to automate the sales or help automate a portion of the sales process of that individual sales rep. I'd say the number one challenge we hear from uh, from clients is really make integration as easy as possible for us. What we find is that almost nobody has spare technical resources, so they they want it working out of the box from day one. Is That's their ideal. And especially concerning this, I think that's the next question is, how does CleverBridge integrate with existing system infrastructures, right? So you already mentioned the CRM and specifically Salesforce, but there are many other solutions, product lifecycle management, uh, an ERP system or order management system in the background and so on. What can you tell a, a customer about these integrations that CleverBridge offers off the shelf? Yeah, so I guess what I would say is first off is, Obviously, many accounts still want to to manage their own integration. So for those, we offer APIs and webhooks. But uh, one of the things that we've done that's been pretty powerful for us is a partnership with uh, an integration platform as a service provider called Scribe. They're part of TIBCO. And so we integrated with this. You're you're familiar with others like MuleSoft or or, uh, Boomi. Yep. And through that, we automatically have uh, integration into you know hundreds of applications, and then within those, we're now working to pre to have a pre-integration and defined use cases for as many of those vendors that are important to our clients as possible. So, for instance, um, I did mention. Um, uh, Salesforce CRM, but we also are working on other ones like Marketo for marketing automation. Uh, we also have an integration with Oracle. Excellent. And I think, yeah, that's a, an area that's especially interesting for, for uh, potential customers, right? So now, what would you recommend someone who is trying to add an e-commerce solution to their system landscape? What should they pay attention to if you have two or three points 
that they uh, that would be interesting for them? What would you say? Well, I think the first is really be really clear what you're trying to do and why. And I would always design the experience from the perspective of the customer first. Think about that customer journey and recognize that often customers will want to interact with a brand or a product through multiple channels. So I'd say start there. And then that leads me to the second thing that I would highlight um, where I've seen the, the biggest challenge is to ensure that you have executive alignment at the top, starting at the top and then working across the different silos because the more integrated e-commerce is into your operations, obviously the more it touches various groups, anyone from finance to IT to sales to, say, channel sales. So to make sure that you have alignment, those would be two things I would highlight. Another thing, I guess, is what I see very often is customers start looking for CPQ. They start looking initially for their sales team, right? So they may expand to their channel partners at the later point. And then as the last step, they typically have e-commerce, right? So, um, and now if customers already have a CPQ solution and want to uh, integrate with your e-commerce solution, Uh, what do you tell them? What's the best way of doing that? Do they Can they prepare anything on their side to make that easier? Um, in terms of if they already have a CPQ on their side, um, I, I think for us, it's really just to kind of understand what the workflow is that they'd like to see. And we would try to accommodate that. Um, if we can have access to, say, a, set, a sample set of data that we can work with, Uh, we could help them evaluate that. But that's usually, uh, the integration piece is usually not super challenging. What's the most challenging part then from, from your point of view? For me right now, one of the most challenging things is just companies that recognize they need to start selling direct, figure out what that experience should look like, and how do they manage that across their various um, both managing it between direct selling through their, their own people versus channel partners. And I think our, we see a lot of companies out there right now still trying to figure out where does channel fit into this customer experience. And so that's it's not a technical question. It's more of a philosophical and a business one that we see in many cases has delayed people fully utilizing e-commerce is just figuring that out. Mm -hmm. So we try to offer perspective as well as introduce them to maybe consultants or advisors who can help them figure that out excellent now one thing which is obviously interesting for anyone who's looking at an e-commerce solution or any other solution is how what what do i need to do how do i prepare for this so if you would walk us through what a customer should do based on your experience with successful projects um so so that they are more efficient when they start the e-commerce project Well, so, so one is, I, I, again, I would, I'd say start with a self-evaluation, what you're trying to, what the problem is that you're trying to solve or what's the opportunity. Define the customer experience across the various channels or touch points and how they'll interact. Work to maintain executive alignment. And a lot of times I've seen e-commerce um, and CPQ, CPQ process or uh, uh, initiatives either fail or not live up to expectations because they didn't take they didn't uh, have that executive alignment another is that i would say is a lot of times i see people very carefully defining all of the use cases including edge cases they want to support today but then not 
putting as much effort in terms of asking themselves, there's so much that we don't know about what is going to be required in the future. How do we design the system to be agile or flexible? So I would say in talking with various vendors uh, or advisors, I would definitely highlight that. Often we've seen people spend a fair amount of money uh, before they've talked with us on defining a specific uh, set of use cases, but then they never think beyond how do how scalable or manageable will this solution be for us in the years after it's implemented? That's probably something I'm guessing you see in your practice as well. Yep, yep, absolutely. Now, one thing, uh, and I think you already touched on this, just want to see if there's anything else that the main challenges that customer experience was the e-commerce solution and probably more importantly is what you can do Uh, to change that? You already mentioned something. Anything you, you think you want to add here? I think one of the areas I mentioned kind of navigating and figuring out how do you support your channel and how do you provide a great customer experience. I think one of the other things that will be interesting for your listeners to look at too is maybe uh, uh, looking at what companies are doing to enable self-service CPQ within their own portals. So we see some uh, interesting developments around this where companies that uh, – maybe have been offering CPQ just as a tool for their salespeople are now putting it in the hands of the customer. And this usually starts out with less complex use cases with, say, kind of the SMB-type customer. But uh, we see this as something that will be going up market into the more complex use cases as well. And then one thing I, I think is always a concern, if you have too many people involved in a project, right? So now, since we talked about e-commerce, we talk about uh, CPQ, you talk about doing a project in phases. First question is, do you do a lot of the professional services related to your e-commerce projects yourself or you have partners? And how do you work with uh, different other partners in these larger Project. So, because I think in general it's concern for customers that there are too many people involved and that uh, it is challenging to get alignment across all the different companies involved. Yeah, so in our case, uh, very often uh, a, a large enterprise company may have retained the services of, say, an Accenture, a Deloitte, or a PwC to advise them on e commerce strategy overall. So, there's already usually kind of a, bl a rough blueprint of what they're trying to solve. And so that's that helps. The, the scope has been more narrowly defined usually and priority set. Uh, from Cleverbridge's standpoint, we're a full-service provider. So we provide virtually every resource you would need to stand up the e-commerce component of your, your digital monetization strategy. So that's from building the online storefront, handling things like localization, setting up product catalogs, uh, helping Uh, work with the integration team on the uh, on the client side to ensure the integration is working smoothly, as well as helping to run the online storefront. We're typically providing all of that, including optional services like uh, digital marketing services to help um, market to customers throughout their life cycle. Um, so, from an e-commerce standpoint, we try to do it all under under uh, uh, one roof. We can augment that sometimes when when very specialized uh, uh, requirements are, are are there. But usually, we do virtually everything on our side. Excellent. And I think since the company is headquartered in Germany, you probably do that in Europe. You do it in the U.S. because you're based in the U.S. Are you also offering something in other places? Correct. So, um, in addition to uh, Resources in uh, Germany and the United States. We also have offices uh, in Japan, 
as well as in uh, Taiwan. So we try to provide global support for whatever our clients' needs are. Perfect. Now, I think this is an interesting solution. People should see it. Is there any chance for customers to see you at any of the uh, different industry events in the upcoming months? Absolutely. So we're at quite a lot of industry events. Um, next week, uh, or, or uh, this week, actually, I'll be at the Zorab Subscribe Conference. We'll be at uh, Aptus Reimagine uh, for Dreamforce. Uh, we'll, we'll be there in, in San Francisco in November. So we're very active in a lot of different industry events. Yeah. And may I ask one question, because you mentioned Zora and Aptos, are these uh, CPQ partners that, that you have uh, any kind of official partnership with, or is that more because the solutions potentially work work well together? It's really the, the latter in that we have um, uh, accounts who are using these various solutions and are now using Cleverbridge combined with them or are interested in doing so. Excellent. But these, uh, and, and just want to make that clear, these are not the only solutions that your uh, uh, e-commerce solution would work with. These are just two examples. Correct. Uh, we're, we're agnostic in the, the solution we work with, and we've designed our, our platform to integrate uh, very readily with a wide range of platforms. Perfect. I think it's a fascinating topic and we probably could go on for quite some time. But uh, if any one of our listeners has any follow-up questions for you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Uh, first of all, I'm very easy to find on LinkedIn. Uh, Doug Cavanas is uh, uh, my, my profile name. Um, and then otherwise, uh, Cleverbridge has a fair amount of information on its website. Uh, you can find us at cleverbridge.com. Doc, thank you very much. Uh, that was very interesting. Thanks for taking the time to do that. Thank you, Frank. I'd like to thank everyone for listening and hope you learned something interesting today. If you like the podcast, please go ahead and rate it on iTunes or share it with your friends and colleagues. In the meantime, you can find us online at www.novocpq.com. So long, everyone. <laughs>